Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Mac. I hope you've got your copy of God's Word. Um, this is, what day is this? It's uh, March 26th. Uh, next to the last day of self-imposed quarantine. So I don't know what we'll do after this, but uh, I'll be here as we go through uh, the Psalms of Ascent. Hope you've got a copy of God's Word. You've got something you can take some notes with. Uh, if you remember, I've shared with you that these 15 Psalms of Ascent are broken down into five sections with a triplet of Psalms in each section. Um, the, the first Psalm in each of these sections will begin uh, in distress. And then you'll see the power of God and then you come to a psalm about the security that is in God. Well, when we come to Psalm 125, we're in the second triplet of these psalms. And uh, this is the third in that triplet, in that series there of three. And it deals with security. In fact, that is the main idea of the psalm. Now, I've shared with you day by day, I'm trying to help you, how do I study the Word of God, that when you come to a passage of Scripture, look for that uh, central idea. What is the main idea? And you say, well, how in the world do you find that out? Well, you look for, uh, mark that passage off, that pericope, mark it off, and uh, that one contained thought that's there in the text and uh, look for the main, main verbs. Look, look for the, the strong verbs that are there. But let me tell you how you begin to, to, to see what's being said in the psalm or, or in a passage of scripture. Read it and reread it and reread it again. I have the English Standard Version here in my Psalter and I have what I normally use to preach out of, the New American Standard uh, Bible, the NASB, and uh, I'll, I'll read it. In fact, uh, I didn't sleep much last night. I've been up since three o'clock and I've read this Psalm and read it and read it and read it. And eventually about 5.30, it just kind of lays out. And uh, you've got one and two, verse one and two, and then you've got verse three, and then you've got verse four and five. And it becomes clear what's going on in this Psalm. Uh, in days of insecurity, God secures his people. That's this Psalm. That's the major idea of this psalm. Now, they're on their way up to Jerusalem. They're going through these psalms of ascent. I just imagine in my mind uh, that they come up from the eastern side, up on the slopes there that look over, uh, just above the Mount of Olives, up in that area called Mount Scopus, where Titus stood, and uh, the general Titus of Rome, and and he was scoping out, watching, that's the word in the Greek, skopos, means to, to watch, to look. And he watched his Roman legions as they attacked the city of Jerusalem. Uh, they come up there and they look over and they see Mount Zion comes up and it kind of comes into the side of Mount Moriah and there's Jerusalem. Now listen to the psalm. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. There's your security right there. 
the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. In an insecure day, like the day we're living in, God secures his people. Now, let me show you how this breaks down in this psalm, how you can look at it. The first, in these first two verses, is this. They had a confidence in God. They had a confidence that God could secure them. And the confidence is found in two ways. By the way, in the Psalms of Ascent, you have a lot of similes. That is, speaking of one thing as if it were another. Those who trust in the Lord, do you see that? That's the foundation right there. Those who trust in the Lord, that's the foundation of their confidence, are like Mount Zion. They're comparing themselves to Mount Zion, the mountain there, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. Now that's a sure foundation right there. It's not gonna move. It's not gonna go anywhere. It is there. It abides forever. Now here's the second part of their confidence. The first is their foundation. And by the way, let me ask you something. Where's your foundation in these days? In these days of distress, in these days of insecurity, in these days of uncertainty, where, do, where does your foundation lie? Well, for them, it was in the Lord. Those who trust in the Lord, our foundation is unmovable. Verse two, here comes their protection. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. Now, as they're coming up to the city of Jerusalem, listen, let me tell you, Jerusalem is the most battled over city in all of human history. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been fought over, over three dozen times. Uh, three different Egyptian kings came against it. If I, if I had to stop and think, and go through that Nako, uh, Pharaoh Nako. Um, well, I just, I can't think of, uh, of the other two, but three different Egyptian kings moved against uh, Jerusalem. Um, uh, the Assyrians came against it. The Babylonians came against it uh, in history. Uh, the Greeks under uh, Antiochus the Great, and then Antiochus Epiphanes, and then Pompey uh, with Rome. It's a city that has been attacked and attacked and attacked. The Turks finally took it. And of course, the British wrested it from the hands of the Turks uh, back in World War I. So uh, they look at it and they think of all the times that the city has come under attack. And they say to themselves, listen, this is God's city from this time forth and forevermore. So here is their foundation and here is their protection. They have a confidence in God that God will secure them. Do you have that confidence this morning? If you're watching the stock market, if you're watching your 401k and that's where your confidence is, boy, you're in bad shape. Um, if your confidence is uh, the American way of life, I'm of, I'm, I'm of the opinion that we're watching uh, the unraveling of the American way of life before our very eyes. We've been seeing it. We're really seeing it exacerbated right now. But if that's where your confidence is, if that's where your trust is, you're in bad shape. <laughs> uh, like the Jews, you need to put your trust in the Lord. He's your foundation. He's your protection. You can have confidence in him in an insecure day. God secures his people. 
Now, let me take you to verse three, because in verse three, you have a course to follow. You not only have a confidence in God, but now you have a course to follow when your trust is in God. Now, listen to what they say. For the scepter of the wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. Now, let me just stop with that and let me kind of unpack that because the commentaries are everywhere on this verse. What is the scepter of wickedness? The scepter of wickedness is that an external force that comes in like the Babylonians, like the Assyrians, uh, like the Egyptians. Um, is Is that a foreign government that comes in and seizes Israel and rules Israel? Well, it could be. Or is it a reference to an internal struggle? You know, in the divided monarchy with the 10 tribes to the north, Israel, the two tribes to the south, Judah and Benjamin, uh, which becomes the nation of Judah, uh, you had a lot of internal strife. There were 19 kings of Israel and all of them were just pure out wicked. Um, You have several that are wicked that are kings of Judah and the period that uh, it's a nation, uh, Manasseh, um, uh, Jehoiahaz, Jehoiah. Uh, Chen, Jehoiah, uh, Kim, uh, Athaliah, the only queen of, uh, of uh, the nation of Judah who killed 70 of her grandchildren. So is that what it's referring to when it speaks of the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous? I don't know. And I don't know that anybody really knows, but that's not the ultimate issue. Let me tell you what's being said here is this is whether it is external that comes in and imposes its rule, or if it's a wicked ruler inside the country, what they're saying is this, God will not let it last forever. He won't let that wicked rule forever. In fact, I wanna wanna just take you to something. I want you to put your finger there in Psalm 125. Go with me to Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah. Um, the high priest was Joshua at the time. Zerubbabel was the governor who came back. This is when they come back out of Babylonian captivity. Zechariah and Haggai are the prophets. Nehemiah is going to show up in about 40 years and begin to rebuild the walls. Ezra is going to be there as well. But I want you to listen to what, what God says here, talking about the wicked rule of Israel. Then the angel of the Lord, Zechariah was talking to an angel. The angel of the Lord said to me, O Lord of hosts, how long will you have compassion, no compassion for Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, which you have been indignant these 70 years? Zechariah says he hears the angel of the Lord ask God, God, how long are you gonna let this go on? This has gone on for 70 years. Well, the end of it was at the end of 70 years. And the Lord answered the angel who was speaking with me with gracious words, comforting words. And the angel who was speaking with me said, proclaim, say, now God spoke to the angel, said, tell this to Zechariah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am exceedingly jealous for Jerusalem and Zion. You get to the next chapter, chapter two of Zechariah. And in verse five, God says, for I declares the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her 
and I will be the glory in her midst. In other words, what God says there is this, as he says, wickedness will not rule forever. Now the people of God know that, but there's an interesting phrase here. It says, lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong. It's interesting that in wicked days, under oppressive rule, that some people who claim to put their trust in God eventually just give up and say, oh, what's the use? Who cares? Just, it's, it's not gonna change. It's gonna be this way. And we're just gonna go the way of everybody else. You must never do that, Christian. You must never do that, believer. You must never so allow wicked rulers to make you acquiesce to their wickedness. I've seen this even in churches when there has been bad leadership that would influence good people to do things that good people would never do. Joseph did not do that. The wickedness of his brothers did not cause him to act wickedly toward them. The sin of his brothers throwing him in a pit, then selling him to the Midianites, then going back and lying to their father about what happened to the boy, their brother, his son, their wickedness and what happened to him, he never turned around and treated them in wickedness. He never did that to them. In fact, he said, what you intended for evil, God used for good. I can tell you the same thing about the little slave girl that under uh, an Aramean attack on Israel, they stole this little slave girl, this little Jewish slave girl. They took her back to Aram and their Naaman gave her to his wife as a servant. And the little Jewish slave girl saw Naaman suffering from leprosy. And she told her mistress, she told Naaman's wife, oh, if he could only go to my land and to the prophet there, he could be healed. She would not return evil for evil. Doesn't the word of God tell us something about that? Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. That's God's word to us. Now watch verse four and verse five. Here's the prayer. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. Now let me tell you something. He's not bragging about their goodness. He's saying this, we don't trust in our goodness. We need God for you to be good to us. We have confidence in your goodness. That's where, that's where our confidence is. This is conviction here. The conviction to hold on to is that we will hold on to God's goodness. But those who turn aside to their crooked ways the Lord will lead them away with evildoers. He says, those who claim to follow the Lord, he says, when, when they turn to crooked ways, listen to this. He says, let God take care of that. Don't seek your own revenge. Don't go and seek uh, to make these things right. You depend on God. Let God do this. The Lord will lead them away. Let God handle this. And then here comes the sigh at the very end. The sigh is this, peace be upon Israel. Peace be upon Israel. We can sigh in confidence and relief, 
following the course God has given us. Because in an insecure day, God secures us. 1939, Poland fell. It was the last straw for England and France. That had, they had drawn the line there with Poland. They said, if Hitler invades Poland, uh, we will go to war against Hitler. And they do. And within months of that, France is going to fall. And uh, early in uh, uh, 1940, France falls. And all of Europe is gone. All of Europe has fallen now. There's only one country that stands between the rest of the world and the absolute satanic darkness of Nazism, and that's England. And it comes down in England to as if it's just one man uh, who stands against England because there are all of those in the government that are bringing pressure against Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill holds resolute. He says, we have got to hold the line. These were dark days for Churchill. They were difficult days for Churchill. He felt like he stood alone against England and that England stood alone against uh, Nazi Germany. And they did at that time. He wanted to encourage the people. And so they had posters. He had posters made up and they put them all over England to encourage people to, to hang on, to stay in there. But they made one poster that they never distributed. And um, it was in this this royal red with these stark, bold, white letters. And at the top, you had a crown of King George VI, who was King of England at the time. Uh, and it had a phrase on there, but they never distributed this because they wanted to wait until England was invaded and they were convinced that the Germans were going to invade England. They were convinced uh, that the Germans were going to launch an attack across the channel uh, they were softening them up with the Battle of Britain, the bombing of the Luftwaffe every night, and they just waited for the Germans to come. And they waited for that moment to put this last poster up that had these words, keep calm and carry on. When everything is falling apart around you and the whole world is destabilized, Remember this, Christian, out of Hebrews chapter 12. We are on the rock, and the rock will never shake. Be built on the rock of Jesus Christ. God secures his people. God bless.